Hi, this is Ginger Z from Good Morning America, and you are listening to the Enchanted Tiki Talk podcast. This week's episode of Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by our proud sponsors at Kingdom Strollers, providing premium stroller and crib rentals delivered straight to your Disney or Orlando Resort hotel or vacation home free of charge. You choose the time of delivery and pickup, and we do the rest. It couldn't be easier. So book your Kingdom Stroller rental today by visiting kingdomstrollers.com or call 407-271-5301 and at mousepros.com. Let these Disney travel specialists help plan your next Disney vacation. Mousepros.com offers free concierge service to help guide you every step of the way in planning your perfect Disney vacation. Let them sweat the details so you can focus on the fun. Visit mousepros.com for a free no-obligation quote. Ask for Tiki Bird Sean or any of our friendly agents. And now, on with the show. Wahidi Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen, no flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Hey, howdy, hey, and thank you for joining us here on a Janet Tiki Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. And I'm Alan. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 144 for the week of July 24th, 2016. Hello everyone and welcome to Enchanted Tiki Talk. This week we're honored to have a chief meteorologist on ABC's Good Morning America and she was also the bell of the ball on the hit show Dancing with the Stars. So everybody please welcome Ginger Z into the Tiki Hut. Welcome Ginger. Ah, so good to be here. Thank you. This is, this is very exciting for us. I mean, um, I live in New Jersey so I've been watching Good Morning America for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I didn't, you know, I've, it's over since like I've had kids, I have less time to watch Good Morning America and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's fun to actually be able to talk to you because since I've been a huge fan of, of of yours and and the show itself, so it, it's really neat to talk to you. So thanks for coming on. Oh, of course, I'm so happy to be on, and that's that's the thing. Anything, anybody who who is a lifelong GMA fan, that's the beauty of that show. Is I think you know you. It, it goes on, and we just had our 40th anniversary, and I feel like the family atmosphere, the whole, every, you know, no matter if you dip in and you haven't watched for two years, hopefully there's something that reminds you of why you watched for so long, and that's kind of a beautiful part of the show, and why I'm so, such such an honor to be a part of it. Yeah, it's a great show. There's great chemistry on the show, and, you know, whether somebody on the cast leaves and is replaced mm-hmm. by somebody else, it's always, the chemistry is always there, and everybody feels so welcomed on the show. Yeah, behind the scenes, those folks have been there. That's that's the fun part is, uh, you know, we'll have like our stage manager, Eddie. He's been around for 35 years. He's seen it all, he'll tell you. And so you get these, no matter if you're, you know, I've been there five years now. And I feel like I just I just tuck right in, and and it feels very much like a home. Um, mostly, even I'd say more behind the scenes than it even does on. And I think that comes across. Yeah, well, that's like one of those things when you're when you're watching the show. You know, something might happen. You guys might be laughing at something. All of a sudden, you hear the the the, mm-hmm. the cast behind the scenes laughing about something. That's Eddie. That's yeah. oh, the, the one that you always hear is actually Eddie. That is him. He's oh, I love he's that. got one of the loudest and most you know. It's very contagious. But at times, I'm like Eddie. Was that that funny? He's. I'm like, was that a courtesy laugh? Did you just give me? <laughs> yeah, that that adds it adds life to the show, and it, it, it really shows. So, yeah. No matter where in my career, I feel like. A stage manager can change everything about your live performance uh, because just the attitude they come in there with, the even the way they say good morning to you, the way that they greet you and uh, interact with you on the floor when it has nothing to do with a countdown or putting you in the right place. Every station I've worked at, five different places, I can always tell the shift or like if I'm watching an old tape or something, I can tell who was my stage manager because it's reflects. It's a lot. It's a lot like the people you work with on camera. You have to have that same chemistry with the folks off or even better, I'd say. And he, Eddie's one of those. And then I, you know, like I remember Nadine was one in Chicago when I worked there and like everywhere I have one that I can, that was so memorable. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Taking a step back before your career even started, mm-hmm. uh, 
you you saw a water spout as a child which guided you on your career path. What was it about the that water spout that completely fascinated you and made you who you are today? Yeah, that summer was really interesting. So we my brother and I after my parents divorced, uh, my mom had been dating this guy who happened to be our dentist, which was really weird. Um <laughs> And she got engaged to him. And so he had this beautiful cottage on Lake Michigan, which like we had never come close to, you know, like we'd gone to the state park before. But now for a summer, we were basically living on Lake Michigan. So we spent the entire summer outside and it was actually not the nicest of summers. It's a stormier summer where we had to watch movies a lot on the inside. And so we'd see storms come across Lake Michigan. So it wasn't just water spout. It was, you know, regular thunderstorms and Lake Michigan is so flat and wide you could see for miles and miles and so it was just like what I then learned later in my career storm chasing is that when you can see that storm form I think it's one of the most beautiful and engaging things in the world um of course I'm slightly obsessed and that's where a big part of it too was my mom is extremely overprotective so the second we'd see even you know like hear a thunder a a roll of thunder which you should get inside but she'd freak out gotta get inside (laughs) so i need so i needed to know why it was such a big deal and and then as storms hit and i saw damage and things i got i I got really interested in it and so just like some kids are into basketball or into art or whatever it is that they're into mine was weather and science and that's where i went from there so when i was in and i think that's third grade-ish and so by that point I think that's when it really settled in that I really like, I knew I loved weather, but I also knew science broadly was what I really enjoyed. And so I started focusing on that more. And, you know, like we had encyclopedias then, I'm really dating myself. Everybody (laughs) says that, but it's like now I'm at that point. And I'd always go to that part of that section of the encyclopedias, either weather or tornadoes or whatever it was that I was interested in. So, you know, I'd always kind of steal those in school. And that's what I'd go to first. Um, to read and reread and reread that same section. Yeah, that's amazing. That, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's amazing how just a not that it's a small event, but just you know something that happened in front of you that could just start your career. Just that's that's what you fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Like something pretty simple and, and powerful as a storm that just just sat in your mind. It's just like. Not necessarily that's what you want to do, but that guided your path. You know, it's absolutely. Just, not everybody yeah. can say that about their life. No, and I think I, I always feel very fortunate that not only uh, did I have that, but then I ended up having an inherent ability in science and math, and that's what you need in meteorology. And so, had I not been able to do the work, get the education, you know, had my mind been more on the creative side or something, which would be wonderful too, I just don't think I could have done the same things. that I have with my career now. Um, So it's so, it's fascinating to me how things, and it's really weird because for the first time in my life, when we're talking right now, I just realized, because I always tell the story, like I knew I loved science, but when I got into high school, you know, when you want to impress people around you and you want your mom and dad to be proud of you, I think saying, I want to be a meteorologist and I want to go research the weather seemed a little far-fetched. Like, I didn't know anybody that did that. That was a really, and and I wasn't talking about TV. I was talking about going in the field, you know, Twister had come out and I had seen Storm Chasers um, in that movie. And I had been really inspired by that, you know, that was, I think, 96 or something. And so that was, that was a turning point too. But I think what, what I just figured out was when I was at my home, so at homecoming, they announced us, I was like on the court, and they said, Ginger's going to San Diego State for orthodontics. And I'm thinking, <laughs> the, the weird part is, is I think I was doing that because, one, I had seen how well off that guy who my mom never married, by the way, okay. had done in dentistry. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'd like to make money for our family someday or whatever. I don't know why I said I wanted to do orthodontics. I, I did not want to do orthodontics. And then San Diego State, I'm like, where'd that come from? Because within nine months, I'm at Valparaiso University studying meteorology. Wow. So I think one other thing that I always tell people is don't allow those other voices in your head or in other people to deter you from that thing that you've known if you know it and you know that's what you want and that's where you want to go do it because you're going to end up there anyway and you or you'll greatly regret it and and you know be chasing it 20 years down the road so i think if if their passion and your love for something is there 
it's going to happen in some form. Um, maybe not the original form you think it is. And for me, that's what it was. I went to college and so I went to Valparaiso uh, because I chose that college primarily because they had a storm chasing club and then they had a storm chasing as a class. And so that's what I thought I was going to do was just be, you know, eventually get a PhD and then go in the field and research and do, do everything with a university or something. And when I was in my freshman year, <laughs> I think I started quickly realizing, because, you know, when you, I don't know how, about how you guys did, but in high school, I did very well. I was, you know, top of the class, and I, I feel like even though I had a big class, I just, there wasn't as much competition. All of a sudden, I went to this private school where everybody was like me or way smarter. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, that sounds like my college experience as well. Right? And then all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, it was a real reality check. I, I thought I was brilliant. Right. <laughs> I went in there, I went in there like, look out, and... Here I, here I was taking Calc 2 and physics and all this stuff as a freshman. And one of my meteorology professors, as a, I believe a somewhat backhanded compliment, or was like, you know what? There are a lot of places you can go in meteorology. Perhaps going all the way to get your PhD isn't going to be your route. Maybe you could, maybe you could check out TV. <laughs> That's such <laughs> a nice way like, of putting that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So still get the undergrad and still, you know, they they. they did not believe in doing anything but that. So I did not study TV at all, but I did go and do an internship that next summer. And and that's where it went from just kind of a little seed of, hey, maybe you should check out to, oh my goodness, this is what I'd like to do. Because I ended up having this internship with a guy named James Spann. He's in Birmingham, Alabama. He's known in the weather world everywhere. Everybody knows this guy. He's been around for a very long time. And he is just one of, if not the best meteorologist that I know, and I, that I know certainly is, but he, you know, scientifically as a human, as a dad, as a husband, um, as a community member, and as a businessman, this guy's really smart. And I had the opportunity of, and I don't even know how it really happened, but moving down there after my freshman year, getting these like invaluable experiences with this man where I saw my future and I thought I want to do exactly what he does. And so that's kind of where the turn to TV happened. And he's, he always tells the story that he put me up on the green screen and he knew, you know, so it's like right. we both were figuring it out right there. And ever since he's been a mentor uh, because I always look to him still to this day as one of the most balanced, awesome meteorologists in this industry and I feel like he's just got such a great head on his shoulders and I always aspire to still be like him so that's when I went back I had a tape in my hand I went back after my you know now I'm a sophomore and I came back like all right this feels good and then all of a sudden PBS in Merrillville Indiana which is right down the road was auditioning for a meteorologist and I thought well, all the seniors, the juniors and seniors, you know, that, that had any inkling of going into TV were putting their tapes in. And I thought, why not? And then I got the job. So that was my first real feeling like not only do I like it and had this internship, but hey, this might actually happen. So I was 19 and on TV every day wow. that year. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of where it really, and I did several other internships during college, uh, or two other internships, and then some job shadows, and I still checked out. Like, I went to the National Weather Service, I checked out a private sector job. A lot of the other places that meteorologists, and most of the people I went to school with did not go into TV. I think there were two of us out of my class that went into television. The rest were all wow. going to get other jobs, and, and that... Is, is great because I thought, you know what, I can always go do that, but let me try TV. So again, I had an intern, three internships, a tape, and I came out swinging. I thought, my resume tape's got to be so good, I'm going to get a job right away. Nope. Crickets. <laughs> I had nine months of nothing. I mean, I sent out, I would say, close to 100 tapes by the time that nine months was over. And Nothing. And I tell my, I, I taught for a while and I would always tell my students, like, I think if you, if you let yourself get discouraged in that time, you know, I could see how people could quit right there. They could say, well, obviously this isn't working as much as I thought that's what I wanted. But I'm so glad that I didn't um, because I was, I, I stayed in radio. I, I did some radio while I was bartending and, and working as a waitress just to make money after I got out of school. And then I got that break. 
finally somebody saw something or they were desperate. Who knows? But it worked. And I went to Flint, Michigan, interviewed and got the job. And that's when my career, my paid career, I'll say, <laughs> started. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that uh, you know, when you were young that you were big into reading, especially about science. And then mm-hmm. on Dancing with the Stars, you danced to the song Bell. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think you relate to Belle because of that? I mean, that was Belle. That's Belle to a T. She loved to read. She was kind of fascinated with things. Uh, and that sounds like you as well. Do you think that's why you relate to Belle so much? So much. And I, I think she's always been one of my favorite princesses. And I'm a big Disney fan. I am always have been. But especially, I think, because I had younger siblings. So I, I had like a double a double Disney hit in my life. Um, so I got very close with them and I'll tell you a secret that only a couple people know. I have the Disney princess ultimate CD and I would play that thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I would sing to that. And bonjour was always my favorite song to sing to. And so that character and the song that, you know, or it's bell, the, the character they're describing there is me. She's a little different. She's, she's, you know, might come across as looking like she's normal, but not really. Her nose stuck in a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The whole thing fits uh, awkwardly well. Um, And and I think also the point where she's just in her own world, but yet she's not satisfied. I think, you know, that she still has that, like, this town's been the same. I need something to change. I'm always propelling forward. I feel like that's what also I identified with her or Pocahontas, one of the two, because that the, what I like most about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Telling you, I sang that CD over and over. And my poor baby now, my baby only hears princess songs. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, yeah that's the wrong that's with not that. Not so bad. Well, that's like there's worse things he could listen to. <laughs> that's true. That, my kids have grown up listening to the Disney Park music. You know, that's yes, it, that's been playing in my house since day one. Even like going into the car. <laughs> we will listen to that too, like Main Street USA music. Oh, yeah. And the first time we took my son to Walt Disney World, as soon as he got onto Main Street, he fell asleep. So (laughs) (laughs) we used to it. it. Like the music was right. That was calming. That was bringing him into the car to sleep time. Right. It's funny. With Dancing with the Stars, the schedule that you kept was insane, I'm sure, Mm. Um, with the two shows and a baby and trying to juggle everything. Um, And yet... It seemed like such an enjoyable um, experience, especially just as a viewer. Was it like more like a physical challenge, or was it more like a mental challenge for you? Yeah, I think I think I knew going in that that the, there was going to be a physical challenge um, because everybody says, even the top athletes always say that show was the hardest thing I've ever done. So I feel like I'd heard that enough that I was prepared for that part of it. The emotional and mental part, I was not prepared for. Um, You know, I started dancing. Basically, I I had a C-section, and uh, six weeks later, you get the okay from your doctor to walk. So it's not like I, I hadn't moved for six weeks. At that doctor's appointment, it was 10 days from that date that I met Val and started rehearsing. So... The physical part was built in, but I think I didn't quite comprehend what I had taken on. The mental toll of becoming a new mother, flying across the country, trying to be everywhere and everything. The you know we did a lot of promotion, we did a lot of like you know just extra media and such. Um, it was a lot, but I'll have to say what I what I take away from it and in the most positive way is it taught me something that I've never achieved. I've always seen. I've read books about, but I finally realized what it means to be present and to be extremely grateful in those present moments because I only had, say, 90 minutes with the baby. And I thought, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to be watching television. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm actually going to have these 90 minutes and that's what I'm going to do during that time because it was so forced. Everything was structured. Um, I often, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I will put things off or I'll make a list and, and then the list goes on forever. And I feel like what that crazy schedule did for me was, yes, it was emotionally and mentally and physically exhausting, but it forced me to get it right 
for the first time, I think, in my life. And it actually just made me, I think, the best that I've ever been. And now I'm taking those habits and I've kept them going. So I'm, I'm really grateful, even though in the, in the moment, I probably would have had a couple of breakdowns if you would have talked to me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Being really busy can focus you in a way yes. that you don't really know that you don't really think it's possible. You think I'm never going to get anything done, but quite the opposite happens. Exactly. And I, I've always, my whole life, I've been like a Marsha Brady. I don't know if you remember that uh, Brady episode, but yeah. she takes on everything and she, she gets overwhelmed. There are points where you can do that, where you get overwhelmed, or there's points where you just say, I got to do it. Like these weren't choices. I didn't have a choice to say, I'm not going to do this today or, and that's okay. Um, and again, it, it did. You're exactly right. It focused me and it made me more aware and awake to every single thing that I and and Val was very helpful he kept saying every time you step out on that floor realize at best you're going to have 10 of these you know you're going to walk out there I want you to go out there and and look at the crowd and take everything in feel the floor feel the air Um, this is such a unique experience and it was and I and I'm so glad I did that because and didn't get wrapped up in nerves or any of the other stuff you could you know the drama of anything else going on I just really walked out there every time, sometimes with him reminding me and looking around and sucking it all in. So that's great. That's and you could, but you can just tell from watching you on the show how much you really loved and enjoyed dancing, and it didn't seem to be taking a toll on you at all. Right. You know, so you could you can just see that you had that support, you had that support system in place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes all the difference. It does. That was that's that's the other part of it is it's not like I went into this alone. Right. I am I am so lucky to have my husband who was the best. I mean he 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 gets the gold medal of husbands for the next however many years. <laughs> it, gets, I, it was one of those things like it was his first Father's Day. I'm like, how do you pay that back? Right. What do you do? Like, is right. it a car? I don't I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely know. a car. Yeah, right. Called a Corvette Stingray. You may want to look into that. <laughs> I think he likes Mustangs or something. But okay. um, get him a work too. You know, we live in Manhattan. We don't even have a car. That's the oh, funniest yeah, that's part true. of it all. Uh, but I, I think I've never. I've obviously this is my this is marriage for me is is relatively new. We've been married two years. I don't. I look at this situation, and he gave up so much. He said, "Sure, we're going to move there for two months." You know, I'm going to be, and he, he was with the baby so much and he put that, he put the time that I couldn't in so that I could emotionally and mentally be in the dancing world. And then when I would get home, I'd take over and do whatever, but he definitely took on the bulk of the caretaking and everything, really the planning, the meals, all that stuff. And he knew it was limited time. He knew this was really important for me. And I know the whole time that this is going to happen in reverse at some point. And so I kept telling myself, not only can you accept this and find, cause he's really the first person that's ever treated me this well. I mean, I have had some, I had some really bad boyfriends. <laughs> so I feel like I, it's, it's like a constant check-in to say, is this, I can't believe I'm being treated so well. I can't believe someone's doing this for me. Well, that's how relationships work, exactly. right? Yeah. Is, is that you shouldn't be so surprised that someone's doing something for you. You should accept it, thank them, and then, and then when it comes time for you to do that for them, do it. And so that's, that's all I'm prepared to do. But it was the most selfless, I feel like, the most selfless act. And, and it's, a, it's a stressful time anyway. The first time you have a child, I feel like everybody kind of loses their identity to an, to an extent. Right. Yeah, we exactly. both were, and, and this was such a wild time. We also lost my, my, our dog um, that I had for 14 years, two weeks mm-hmm. after the baby was born. So we had a, it was a lot of transition going on. Um, but I feel like we dealt so well with that, and I'm, I'm so proud of our first big you know, challenge as a couple. So my wife wanted me, wanted me to ask you a question, mm-hmm. and that is, would you recommend dancing for new moms to help get back into shape after giving birth? Oh, my gosh. It 
was. I mean, granted, nobody's going to dance for four to seven hours a day right. like we did. Right. But, so, so I can't promise results like I had, you know, within weeks that you'll right, somehow yeah. shave all of your baby weight off and not even realize. And then one day you put your jeans on and you're like, no way. That's cool. I, <laughs> that was just like an extra bonus. Um, but absolutely. The, what I found with dancing, because I'd never danced before, so it's not like I knew what it would do. The isometric part of dancing, where you're tensing every muscle at all times, and you're talk about focus, every muscle is focused on, and centered. And so your core, like it's not like you choose to work on your core. Your core has to be engaged or you fall over. Right. So, the, right. so yes, dance is, I would think, one of the best. You know, it's, it's your, just your body weight. You're not going to hurt yourself getting back into it. The best ways to get back in shape in the most healthy and beautiful way because it also stretches you and makes you very lean in the middle which everybody wants after that time um i don't think i'd ever looked as good as i did right when we were done now i haven't been dancing for four to seven hours <laughs> not even i haven't been working out for four hours a week so i'm <laughs> trying to trying to stick you know keep up with it but it's tough uh, we know you uh, kind of have a collection, if you will, of snow globes. Do you have any Disney <laughs> ones in your collection? Of course. I mean, it'd be silly if I didn't. I always joked, even before I worked you know, for the company, that um, I, I went to Disney at least once a year when we were kids. Um, so between our two, our parents, because they both ended up having children again with our step-parents, we would go with like, you know, the one winter with dad and then the next one would be like monster. And so I feel like I've got at least four or five that are Disney from those couple of years when we would go. We also did the Disney cruises. So I think I have one from there as well. Is there um, a favorite one that you have just off the top of your head or? Yeah, I, I think, and I want to make sure it's the right setting, but I know it's Little Mermaid. Um, I just remember... I feel like it's like Sebastian's there and Ariel's on the rock, but I'm confusing that if I had a doll that way and that I have a different scene, but an Ursula's in it or something, but one of the two. <laughs> I definitely, I'd say, I'd say after Belle, you know, I'm like any other girl. Ariel is it. She's everything. I mean, that hair. The hair, right, yeah. My wife says the same thing. The underwater hair, which is just yeah, wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. And how excited are you uh, for uh, Adrian's mm. oh, first trip to Disney World? Well, we have been already talking about it. Um, I don't know if anybody <laughs> mentioned this to you, but my producer, who's also a meteorologist that I work with at GMA, her name's Samantha, she is, she makes my Disney fandom look lame. She is, <laughs> she goes four times a year. Oh, and, really? no, she, wow. and no, she does not have children. Really? She is the most committed Disney woman I've ever met. <laughs> she knows everything about the parks. She knows everything about the history. She is Disney. So I always feel a little uh, even slighted by her Disney <laughs> amazingness. Um, so we've already been talking and planning because she <laughs> wants us to go in September with her, which she just went for her birthday two weeks ago. Really? And she's going again in September. Um, and I said, I think it's the food and, or November maybe, it's the food and wine. Right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's it's November. Food and wine runs September through November. So. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Could have been, could have been maybe it's both. Maybe she might be doing both, both yeah. <laughs> so, she, so she said, how about you come, and this is Adrian's first time. And I'm like, well, that would be great, but I feel like it's a little early. Because he's not oh, even one yet. No so way. Like, uh -uh. No, you don't. He's know free that? though, so that's yeah, always free. Yeah, I'm just free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, that's never a bad thing. Yeah, I think like once he's walking, I would think that that would be more exciting for him. I don't know. We Maybe took, not. I took mine. My first one was at five months, and my second one was at seven months. Really? And yeah. they were good. Oh yeah. Well, the first, my son at five months, he slept the whole time. Okay. Um, my daughter at seven months was a little bit more alert, but she did sleep a lot. That was the beauty of it. Was that. Because we enjoy it so much, we're able to just yeah. to walk around and take our time. We just we didn't go on every single attraction, but we did enjoy the ones that we did go on. And, right. And my kids enjoyed the sights, the sounds. Uh, they loved the music. Okay. They They loved everything, the whole atmosphere, because it was completely different. But you're also right. talking to somebody that, you know, I live more in a, a suburban area. I'm mm -hmm. not in Manhattan where there's cars going around everywhere. <laughs> you know, I have trees. So him going to Disney World, them going to the Disney World for the first time, everything was bright and colorful. So it was a lot. Yeah. Different. It's like the city. 
Yeah, no, I think, but we definitely want to get there. There's no question. Uh, I don't. Maybe it'll be in November. She's pushing hard for it. So, <laughs> and if we, you know what, if I if I didn't go with her, like if the family, she's part of the Disney family, so it has to happen with her. Right, yeah. <laughs> she just. Oh, you guys will love this. So the other day, she just brought um, a gift back from Disney. She brought him a Goofy because we always. That's one of her favorite characters. So she brought him a stuffed Goofy. So he's already got his. Um, his wall set up. He had went, he had poo, and he had a couple of other things already. But Goofy is prominently displayed. Nice, awesome. Yeah. I love Goofy. I love Goofy. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And he's got this little favorite. hair, and the, and Adrian loves pulling hair right now. So he can pull Goofy's hair, and it doesn't hurt him, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> better, better Goofy than you, right? Yes. <laughs> You've also done a bunch of charity work for cancer research. Is this a very um, important cause for you, and why? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it started in Chicago when I started doing a lot of charities. I mean, it was, it was everything. I had um, done the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I had worked a lot with Susan G. Komen and um, the Brain Injury Institute, which ends up talking a lot of, with brain cancer. Um, so that was where it kind of all started. And then here I've really focused on there's a stand-up for the cure, which is a stand-up paddleboard um, event that happens in different cities around the United States and raises money for breast cancer in that community. And so I think there's always, you know, to me, there's so many that you can get involved with, which is a wonderful thing. Um, but f- for me, that one allows you to fund the folks that live in your community so that you don't feel like it's going to some sort of large national something or, or abyss. Right. It, it actually goes to the families and the, and the folks that are suffering right around you. So my stepmother um, had passed away from brain cancer. Uh, now it's a year and a half ago or so. And she had wanted, she had had such great support, even though she didn't have breast cancer, she still had had such great support from Susan G. Komen in, in West Michigan. And so that was the last um, big event that I did was with them. Um, to help with that stand-up for the cure. But again, I'd worked with them in Miami, and um, now they're doing one in New York, and I feel like uh, that ability to say, we're going to pop up this you know, this type of event, and it's going to be for that specific office of Susan G. Komen, that gives people even more you know, um, gravity to the event. Like, this means something for my neighbor, for the person who's at my school um, who's, who's suffering. So. It seems like everybody has a story that uh, is like that. Mm-hmm. It's within their own families too. That cancer has hit almost everybody's families. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a wonderful thing to to raise that research money for too as well. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's like with leukemia, lymphoma. There, it, it you know you can't choose what age it affects. There's it's every age. And but we'd have these kids, and it was the most impactful thing to see these kids come in with their stem cell, with their transplants, and then they'd have the, um, you know, they couldn't make it because they had to get the spinal tap that day. And it's just seeing children in that place, even when they're not related to you, was one of, it was just so moving. And, and but they kept hitting that research was so close and research was going to be a big part of it. So I know that that's a big reason why they need the money too. And anytime I can lend, you know, my voice or or you know social media presence anything that could help i'm always more than happy to do that so a couple years ago you had a a big opportunity to sit down with the president of the united states (laughs) what was that experience like for you oh i still it's so wild um it was it was everything and more that i wanted i wish i would have had an hour with him not three minutes or whatever it was it was (laughs) I was the first reporter, too, for that day, and uh, I was actually just reminiscing about this because I was there because the IPCC, um, the International Panel on Climate Change, had released their latest um, report, and then the president and his team had kind of done a summary and things. Um, and so it was it was supposed to be all about climate, and, and right before, I'd say an hour before, there was a major breaking news story I don't know if you remember those girls um, trying to think it was it Sudan or I can't remember the country now, but yeah, remember two hundred, yeah, yeah two hundred girls had been kidnapped 
And I get this call from our desk at ABC, and they said, you have to ask this question. And I was like, what? (laughs) Wait, I have to ask the question? And I, but I only have, you know, four minutes or I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Uh, I I, I wanted to ask about the pipeline. I wanted to ask, you know, I had all these questions. I I was always already going because this is my expertise. Um, They said, we really need you to ask it. So I was like, oh my gosh, I was extra nervous. We're in the Rose Garden and... I was the first one, so I'm waiting in this beautifully lit, you know, area, and out he walks. And it's it's just like when I, I met Bill Clinton um, years before, after he was uh, president. And there's something about these guys. They have, like, that, I don't know if it's just because it's in your head and it's such a big deal, you're meeting the president. He definitely had an energy about him that was, like, this this presence of, of I'm here and, I'm, you know, just stateliness, which is... Right wonderful so um it was a great interview despite me being the first person who had to then ask him about this kind of tender topic and i actually thought that that's the question that he answered the best um he was very direct he wanted to get something done immediately he surprised me with his answer and then afterward this was the craziest part as i'm as i'm i'm taking my mic off so that the next reporter could come in he said, I started saying, well, I was in Chicago, I was at NBC, and this and this and this. He's like, I think I knew that. And he's like, wait, what was the biggest storm that you covered there? And I said, probably the blizzard. And he's like, yes. Like, he knew. <laughs> he's like, he remembered, or we were clicking, and someone like, no way. The president knows something that I've done. You know, it was just, it was... And of course, I'm 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 nerding out with him and talking right. about the snowfall and whatever it was. But it was it was really great. And it's it, those those types of moments are I can't I can't replace them. They're just right. such such great memories. And I wish I had a better memory for other things. But of course, that one's going to stay with right. me. Yeah, meeting the president is you know, that one. Not, you're not not very many no. people get to do that. So no. that's that's pretty much that's one of the biggest honors I'm sure you could you could get. Yeah, I think so. So obviously you're very at ease in front of the camera. You know, you've been on like a billion TV shows uh, mm-hmm. every day. Um, ever, you've conquered daytime TV. You've conquered reality TV now. Do you have any desire to, you know, once you're, when you don't want to do weather anymore, move into sitcoms or dramas or maybe do both since you're so good at multitasking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Take it all on. I think that's that's the the next natural step is finding what's next. And I think it's so strange because I told you guys about my career up until, you know, I got to Flint and here I was a meteorologist and it was exactly what I wanted. But what I found with myself is that everywhere I go, it's, it's not that it's not enough. It's that I find something else I want to do. And so it helps me grow into another part of who I am. So throughout, you know, I worked in Flint, and then when I got to Grand Rapids, I ended up taking some improv classes, and I really enjoyed those. And then a voice class, I really enjoyed that. When I got to Chicago, I thought, as I'm, you know, working in TV, I'm taking these classes on the side. I did more improv, I did more acting. And then when I moved, I was doing MSNBC, I was back and forth. So I absolutely have interest in doing something else um right now i'm writing a book two books actually um and like one's a trilogy that kind of gets science to young girls um one is one is slightly more autobiographical and it's it's kind of like a more of a mindy kaling feel like i'm a mess and and you are too and let's commiserate (laughs) in that um so it's more of an adult book the other one's more for tweens so I'm working on that, and I'm, I'm, I did a little bit of voiceover for Miles from Tomorrowland, and I'm oh, starting cool. to just branch out into some of the other things that this opportunity has allowed me to do. And so I think the next natural step would be, okay, well, what's next? I, I think I'd like to take voice lessons again and see if there's any possibility of doing anything with that. It's so fun to have this out in front of me. And I think, you know, no matter what, I've just always been able to... St- keep dreaming and I make a joke a lot but it's it's actually very true is that my mom was the one who always said to me growing up you can very and I always joke that it's very Disney-ish but you can do anything you dream and I think as long as you put it out there and I have done that from the beginning of my career I usually make my passwords for all my emails and all my bank stuff my goal so whatever that goal is I put in there and, you know, 
with whatever else, and it seems to be working. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, in general, these goals have been achieved. And so、um, the first one I did was I had worked at NBC through all my affiliates. So at that point, I just wanted to be on the Today Show by 2010, and I got to fill in on Today Show in 2008. So it happened. You know,、right. it's like those、wow. those things came together, and those are the. When I type it in daily, I feel like that's whether it's subliminal or whatever it is. It keeps it at the top of your mind, and it keeps you thinking, "Okay, I want this, but I also want this, and I want to do more here, and I want to do." And that dream then can come to fruition. Well, here's what I want to see. I want to see Ginger Z. You need to get your agent to、uh, call、uh, <laughs> Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz because you need to be on Once Upon a Time, ABC. It fits. Yes,、yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> That would、That'd、be, be、cool. so great. Just, It's funny because one of my my husband's friends wrote for them for a little bit. He's a writer. Really? Yeah. Oh no, like he couldn't write you in just a little. Right? Bit, Wait、I、a、mean. minute. I guess he's not that good of a friend. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on, just a bit part, just a small one. <laughs> Maybe if、um, uh, Emily the Raven is sick, you can like fill in as Bill for her. Just that sounds perfect.、Episode. That'd be great. <laughs> Do you have a favorite TV show that you watch now, or you don't have time for much TV? Oh no, I always have time for TV. I, <laughs> I think people. Whenever somebody says I don't watch TV, I'm like, Yes, you do. <laughs> like, who doesn't watch TV? That is that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Because、um, I'm not saying you have to watch TV every day, but like you know, you get it in there.、Right. Um, we just got done with the latest Orange Is New Black. We do all those like、oh, more、nice. popular ones, but then. We. This is also very nostalgic, but my husband and I started watching Beverly Hills 90210 again from the beginning. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Got a Martin graduate. Oh, and no, <laughs> this gets even better. Like I've definitely done this three times in my life, where I've watched BH three, like from the beginning all the way through the ten seasons.、Uh-huh. So I, I'm, I'm what you'd call a little bit on the on the side of obsessed.、Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But here's the craziest part. So my husband gets this pitch because he also works in the business, and they were like, Tori Spelling has a movie coming out. <laughs> And do you want to interview her? And he's like, only if my wife can interview her with me, because I know she would really love that. <laughs> and so she says yes, or he says yes to the interview. It ends up that NBC, where he works, couldn't. They're like, they were the room wasn't available or something. So Ben's like, I really want to do this interview.、Uh, they're like, where else could we go? And he said, well, we can go to our apartment. Tori Spelling was just in our apartment. Oh no, no way! <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Funny. Just weeks ago, so it was actually really funny. And I said, I don't want to get super weird, but I gotta let her know because it's like it's gonna come out somehow. I don't know, like if it's the Dylan doll that's sitting next to my bed, but、um, <laughs> you know, I, I, but she was wonderful. She was、oh, great.、Yeah. She was everything I wanted and more.、Um, and we had we had a really nice time. But yes, that would be the other show that's a go-to, which is slightly embarrassing. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Not at all. It still for, really for holds up. For people our、though. age, yeah. For people yeah. our age,、um, yeah. you and I are only、like、saved、apart. by the bell. That show was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all those. Oh, you know how badly Tiffany Amber Thiessen has a, a cooking show, and my husband、yeah. are like, we should totally go on there. It's for couples. <laughs> yes, you should. I love <laughs> Tiffany. Me too. Not that I've met her, but I've, I've, yeah, I've always loved yeah. her. She、Me、was、too. great on、uh, White Collar, that USA show. I don't know if you ever saw、yes. that show, but she was fantastic on that show. Yeah. So,、uh, you know, th- this is now we're coming to the end of the interview here. So, this is like one of my favorite parts of the interview that I get to ask、uh, five questions. It's a tiki lightning round. This is when our listeners really get to get an idea of who you are as a Disney fan. But we already know. But this、mm-hmm. this is, just takes it to another level. Okay. Your favorite snack in one of the in any of the Disney parks? Oh, turkey leg. Really? Wow. Finally, somebody. Somebody said turkey leg. I mean, that's we, the we, best thing. There's no. How is there another option? There are other. There are other answers to that question. We're never going to hear the end of this now. No, we give Keith such a hard time because、yes. he's the only one of the three of us that loves the turkey、right. leg. We give him such a hard time about it. <laughs> I guess that just that just decided that is the best snack available.、So. Yeah. yeah, you could tell you're a Disney fan. Right. <laughs> Nobody likes turkey legs that aren't Disney.、Fans. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're going to a Ren Fair, that's the only place you're going. Right, to that's true.、Right. That's true.、Um, your favorite attraction? Ah,、uh, see, this is difficult because then you're talking nostalgic, or you're talking about something that I actually like going on. 
it could be <laughs> anything you know it's because to me it's like memory wise i don't know why but i feel like that's one of my first memories is dumbo and and i feel like every time i'm on it there's some sort of magic i don't know even though it's not at all magic um, no it is it definitely yeah, is magic yeah my but kids it, but, love it but there, but there is there's something because it's i think it's because it's that first time you get to be on a ride and it's that first moment that you are part of the scene. You're part of the, you flew into the movie. You got to be in the movie. And that, so you're animated suddenly. And that is what, what sticks with me is that I was in the movie and I loved it. When you take Adrian on that for the first time, I yeah. guarantee everything is going to come back to you. And Ugh. you're going to end up probably tearing. I, will I probably will. Yeah. No, I'll fully cry. I'll let yeah. it go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, favorite character ever oh man <sighs> I'm gonna just go with the princess because it'd be silly if I didn't say it and then I have to go with Belle that's, I, I don't, I don't want to just repeat but that's the truth oh, that's okay yeah. favorite Disney movie ooh man Okay, then I'm going to go Pocahontas, because as a film, I actually like Pocahontas best. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which I know is a weird, weird answer, but I really do. And I feel like it gets missed. Maybe I'm, like, underdogging a little. <laughs> it's not. I think it does, because it, it came at a time. It kind of came in that, that stretch of Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the yep. Beast, Lion King, Tarzan. And they all get... They, yeah, those those first four were amazing, and then the the back end. It's not that they're bad; they're just not Aladdin and Little Mermaid and Beauty. Right. Just well, Mulan doesn't fit. You know, like it doesn't. It, for me, it didn't. But Pocahontas, for some reason, you know what it is too. I I have always been a little bit on the on the crunchy hippie side, where I'm very <laughs> environmental, and and I think it speaks to that. So there's, I liked her, and I love her sense of adventure. I think that's another part. And I, I love the, the other animals in it. I love that she talks to the animals, that she has that relationship. Not that all the princesses don't talk to other animals, but um, there was something so grounded in all those. It might have just been my age, too. that you know, Because like, right now, if you were to ask me favorite movie of all time, I'd say The Goonies, which nice. obviously... Nice. <laughs> Goonies forever. So, yeah, yeah. And they never die. Right. So I think... They never say die. Never but say I die. think that's why I think I always look at, like, maybe that's the time in my life that that movie was very impactful. And I really thought, no one's paying attention to this. <laughs> God, God put that rock there for a reason. Right? We shouldn't move it. We shouldn't move it. Like, how do you know, you know, the animals? And I, I don't know. I've been singing it a lot lately, too. So No, that's a good movie. And that one's got a special place in my heart because I, I worked the premiere in Central Park when that came out. Oh, wow. So that was uh, 95 or no, was it? Had to be earlier than that. 20 years. I think it was 95. So yeah, really? that was, yeah, 95. So that was an experience for me. So that's, I, I, I love the movie for that, for that experience that I got to have. Wow. I was older than I thought I was. Okay. I th I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's 95. Okay. Yeah, Pocahontas came out 95. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So last question, your favorite Disney park memory. Hmm. Oh, boy. Um, we have so many. I think I have to go to California for it because um, the first time I remember California, I know I had gone before this, but I, we went with my aunt and my cousins. We met them there. And I remember hearing the Matterhorn cry, the like the, what was the, abominable snow, like the really loud roar. Yeah. You guys know, know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I remember being scared, like this was a really frightening event, and like, how was Disney scary? Because we had always gone to Florida, like I had never seen this mountain with a scary roar in it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I remember my cousin holding my hands and then telling me, like we have, <laughs> she explained that we have earthquakes here, and we have a different mountain, and that's the mountain, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like this was reality. Right. And that, so somehow her her reality was blurred. And, but then we went on the ride and then we went on the, um, and I thought for some reason at that point, I think I thought the log, uh, ride was associated. I don't believe it was because that thing's not there any longer. Right. I haven't been to Disneyland in a long time. Um, talk about Splash Mountain. No, Splash Mountain's there. I'm saying oh. I thought Splash Mountain was related to. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, we went on both rides. I thought everything was brilliant. 
and at the end it was like everything of course it's safe and wonderful and happy here <laughs> you know so it was like this it was a full circle lesson for me but that's one of the first memories I have and one of my favorites is just having her grab my hand tell me about the topography of the Disney you know, park <laughs> different mountain chains in California than yes yes well, uh, obviously, we want to just thank you for taking time out of your night and coming in to talk with us. It means a lot to us. We had a great time. Um, but before we let you go, uh, do you want to take this opportunity to tell our listeners uh, where they can find you on social media, any projects you might want to promote other than, you know, GMA? Yeah, of course. I have I have a lot going on right now. So the new show that I'm doing is called The Food Forecast, and it's on ABC Digital. So you'll be able to find it on on any ABC app, if you have Apple TV or Roku or whatever, you just go to ABC News, and it'll be right there. Um, starts July 26th, so it's exciting. And then it's a, it's a whole passion project I've been pitching for years, and finally it's coming out. Nice. And then nice. um, I'm also, again, the books that are going to be eventual, they don't even have a name yet, but they better soon because it's coming up. November should be when the first, um, the first one gets started. So, yeah, that's, I'd say, the two projects. And then I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Snapchat. I think I'm relatively easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, it, uh, We had a great time tonight and hope that you did as well. Thank you so much, you guys. And I'll definitely, I should have had, I've got to have Samantha listen to this because I probably answered so many things incorrectly to that Disney (laughs) expert. I challenge you, like, if I could take someone on a 90210, she can take someone on in Disney. And I feel like if you ever need this, like, added voice, she's she's it. (laughs) We would love to talk to her, too. Yeah, she should come on. Great, and she's got stories. She's this is. I I always think that would be really interesting. As you talk to the person who she, the poor girl, down to like what she's had to do with me to you know (laughs) because of me, the stuff that we've we've gone through and the adventures we've had is pretty amazing. All right, that's going to do it for this week. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers provides premium stroller and rentals delivered straight to your door. For more information, visit KingdomStrollers.com or call 407-271-5301. Also, head over to MyFantasyBands.com where you can get customized Magic Band covers for your next Walt Disney World vacation. And if you use the code ENCHANTEDTIKITALK20, you can get 20% off your order. That's ENCHANTEDTIKITALK20 for 20% off your order at MyFantasyBands.com. Please let us know what you thought of the show. You can comment in the notes at EnchantedTikiTalk.com, email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com, and leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Please like us on Facebook, check out our store at Redbubble.com, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at TikiTalkPodcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. And you can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's one M I N Disney Dream. MouseWorldVacations.com and MousePros.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dole Whip Daily. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Norman Bates. That's N O R M N B, the number eight and the letter S. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith and our special guest, Ginger Z from Good Morning America, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. Enchanted Tiki Talk has been brought to you by MousePros.com. Log on to MousePros.com to plan your perfect Disney vacation. And by Kingdom Strollers. Visit KingdomStrollers.com on your next visit to Orlando or call 407-271-5301 for premium stroller and crib rentals. Thanks for listening to Enchanted Tiki Talk.